You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruck, episode 7. Hello, teacher brains. Boy, are our brains getting a workout these days with all the craziness going on, right? If you are finding yourself vacillating between stress and calm, that is totally normal and you are most definitely not alone. I don't know about you, but I have been staying clear away from the news. Like, I actually have not consumed one minute of the news coverage at all since this began. Um, My husband has been listening a bit um, to the radio and sharing the filtered information with me that I need to know. He's basically been setting the guidelines in our house around visiting and outings and such, or rather lack thereof. And I sure am grateful for that because my brain would probably swirl into a dark pool of stress, fear, and panic, I think, if I just let it go unchecked. So today I wanted to talk about that, checking in um, with our thoughts and being accountable for our mental well-being amidst what feels like chaos and uncertainty. Recently, I was working in a class uh, in grade two and there was a boy, I'm going to call him Brian because his name was not Brian and that's my husband's name uh, and they are very different so it's, it's a good pseudonym. Anyway, Brian had some stuff going on. He was a super kind little guy. He was very intelligent. One of those kids who just like gets it, you know. Uh, we would introduce something in writer's workshop, for example, and he would totally roll with it. He was an excellent writer, implementing all the creative new ideas we threw at him into his work. He was very articulate and able to communicate clearly his thinking. Um, he was always extending, ex- he always extended his learning to try to stretch his brain to grasp new things. He was a kind friend most of the time and was well liked by his classmates. The problem was that Brian could be working calmly with a partner or playing with other kids outside or just be asked to do something by the teacher or be given a suggestion and then all of a sudden he was kicking, punching, throwing things, slamming things and or screaming. He seemed to go from zero to 100 in a microsecond. Also, we couldn't identify like a consistent trigger. Something that set him off one day would be totally innocuous the next and vice versa. When Brian was in this heightened state of stress, most of his classmates would typically react in one of three ways. So there were some who would just sort of stop and stare at him, others who would quickly move to another side of the room or just duck outside the door into the hallway, and some would confront him by like arguing with him or yelling back to him mostly the boys, but there were about three or four girls who would sort of stand together holding hands and almost like slowly approach Brian, sometimes talking to him, although not really, they kind of were like reassuring each other. Um, Sometimes they would just stand there together, almost like circling him, but a bit, not really, but sort of, and as if they could like will him back to their kind, gentle friend that they had been working with just a moment before. And this behavior flabbergasted their teacher. She kept saying, like, move away, move away. What are you doing? You're going to get hit. Um, As her concern was for all of her students' safety, she was understandably frustrated by what these girls continually refused to give Brian the space he obviously needed and insisted on, um, and they insisted on approaching him repeatedly. Um, I, too, was concerned for their safety, Uh, but also curious about their behavior, especially now that I'm learning this brain stuff. And this is just aside from what was happening in poor Brian's little brain, like 
um, I was focusing on this. This is just about the reaction. So then I happened to be listening to an episode of the Goop podcast in which uh, Dr. Sarah Gottfried one day was on and she talked about the different responses that we have to stress. So you've probably heard of fight or flight before and these terms were coined by Dr. Walter Kanan in 1932 to describe the state of our brains the state that our brains go into in response to acute stress. So first, firstly, brain centers in charge of memory and learning, like the hippocampus, shut down. Our immune system shuts down and all the blood rushes from our brain to our limbs and extremities because way back when, acute stress meant possible or certain death. So we needed energy quickly uh, and blasts of it in our limbs to either fight the danger we were facing, like a hungry tiger, or flee the situation as fast as humanly possible. It was not a time to stop and think, learn, or create something new. It was not a time for healing. It was simply a time for action. So we've talked about this a lot in here in this podcast. So we know that our brains were designed to keep us safe. And fight or flight is one or two of the ways that it does that, or so we thought. The problem is that most of the research conducted back then, still some of it today, was conducted almost exclusively on men and the male brain and the male response. But there's new research suggesting that females typically respond differently than males because there are actual physical differences in our brains. So freezing is a third response to acute stress and one that mostly pertains to the female brain. So the updated version is fight, flight, or freeze. So in this in the case of this class, the students who confronted Brian while he was in his own state of stress were in fight mode, as was Brian. Those who ducked into corners of the room or into the hallway responded by fleeing or flight. And the ones who sort of just stopped and watched were in freeze mode. But what of these girls who sort of banded together around Brian? What was happening in their brains? Well, in the episode of the Goop podcast I was listening to, I learned that there is a newly discovered response that is called tend and befriend. Now, by new, this uh, there's a study from 2000, <laughs> so 20 years ago. Um, this occurs mostly in the female brain, and not for all of us, but I wanted to know more, so I did some searching. A Harvard study from 2000 explained that this explained this in, in um, greater detail. So it said that while the chemical reaction in the brains of males and females was not substantially different, neuroendocrinologically speaking, no, neuroendocrinically speaking, if that's a word, can't even pronounce it, um, both brains experience a cascade of hormonal responses to threat that are barely pronounceable. <laughs> These chemicals are barely pronounceable, but you can check out the study for yourselves if you're interested. It's linked in the show notes. Um, however, very interestingly, females are highly unlikely to engage in a physical fight response to threat. Mainly, the response for females is reserved, uh, that response for females is reserved for a defensive attack. So they found that this is likely connected to levels and development of testosterone, but I'm not going to get into all the specifics here, but also discussed um, in the, the linked study down below. 
But they also talked about the lower flea response as well in females because when females are in charge of offspring, they are less likely to flee because doing so could jeopardize the safety and survival of their offspring. So females are more likely to either freeze or exhibit this new response behavior, tend and befriend. The tending part refers to the nurturing behaviors shown. So um, in animals, licking was something that they mentioned, but that is a part of what helped them determine and, and term the response and behavior. So mothers were tending to their young. In our example, the girls were tending to each other. And I think also tending to the gentle and kind part of Brian that they knew was in there. Like they were trying to take care of him and protect him. Um, the befriending component to the tend and befriend behavior refers to the desire to affiliate with other females uh, in response to stress. Normally it's other females, they did specify that, but other people in response to, to stress. So that explained the hand-holding and sort of pulling each other close to themselves. So females are more likely to mobilize social support than males. And when you think about it, it makes sense because women are more generally speaking sorry, women are, generally speaking, more engaged in social networks. So in fact, there's a statistic that women in response to networks, network stressors, including economic and work-related difficulties, interpersonal problems, death, and negative health events, are 30% more likely to extend some sort of support than men especially when they surround themselves with other benevolent women. Like, fascinating. Um, so we've talked about this a bit before, or maybe it was my Facebook group, that, um, but that we are the product of the five people we surround ourselves with the most. So choose wisely, ladies. Anyway, the aforementioned stress reaction are all in response to acute stress. This is the type of stress that our brains were wired to handle. A sudden movement out of the corner of the eye, a tiger attack that we thwart. Those are the kinds of short-term stresses that this fight, flight, or freeze, or tend and befriend responses are equipped to handle. The problem is that these days we live in a perpetual state of chronic stress. We've talked about this a little bit before too, but essentially our cortisol levels rise, our blood pressure rises, we get headaches, tension in our muscles, brain fog, depression, and a slew of other symptoms and conditions. In fact, the world's top physicians, neurologists, endocrinologists, and other medical professionals have determined that virtually all chronic illnesses are as a result of this state of stress we put ourselves in. And further, um, and this will blow your mind, but there is a huge body of research to back this up that you can totally um, check out, like just look it up. Um, you can heal these with your mind. What? Like seriously, look it up. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. David Feinstein, and so many others are leading the way in this. So say it with me. Your thoughts create your feelings which drive your actions to get your results this is neuroscience visible on a brain scan fact so if you find yourself feeling stressed out and saying things like this coronavirus is stressing me out or homeschooling is stressing me out remember these are just circumstances they are neutral even if it doesn't feel like it they are these 
it's our thoughts about these circumstances that cause the feeling of stress, overwhelm, fear, anxiety, irritability, all the things. Or calm, peace, grounding, centered, strength, and wellness. It all depends on your thoughts. So how can we manage our thoughts? The first step is to monitor your thoughts. When you catch a thought, a negative thought, stop yourself. Sometimes the thought will go by super quickly and you'll catch yourself in a feeling instead. Fine. Write it down. The last two episodes were um, about the power of writing, especially, excuse me, episode six. There are so many benefits to writing things down. Write it down. If you can't, maybe you're driving well, um, when you catch your thought or doing something else that requires your full attention and or your hands, at least catch it mentally and verbally. And think of it with curiosity. We don't want to judge ourselves because that's just going to put a block on this. So say to yourself, hmm, interesting. X thought came into my head when whatever the circumstance was. Ask yourself, what is, the, what is a different thought I could have about that? Or if you start with the feeling, uh, if that's more easily accessible to you, ask yourself, what if I felt excited about this or happy or curious instead? Then work through. What thought would you have to have to evoke that feeling instead? Then just literally repeat that phrase over and over. Out loud is best if you can't write it down or both. So the other day I was working out and at the end of the workout, which I think is torturous, but whatever, we had to do a one minute low plank hold. This was after already a round of low plank hip drops and push-ups. Anyway, I usually at some point drop to my knees partway through for a second or six and then get back up. But this time, as Autumn said, remove the word can't from your vocabulary. I just started saying out loud, I can, I can, I can, I can, I did, I did, I did, I did, I can, I did, I can, I did, I can, I did, I can, I can, I did, I did the whole time for the whole minute. And guess what? I did it. Like it was a victory. I celebrated mentally. Um, at first, it's kind of like tricking your brain because it will feel false at first, but just go with it. If you repeat something often and frequently enough, your brain starts to believe it, whether it's true or not. It does not know the difference. Eventually, whatever you tells it, tell it repeatedly, it will automate that thought into a belief, which will result in more positive mood, actions, and results. So where's this going? Let's loop back and talk about some things we can do to up our vibration. We want to get our brains and bodies into a state of higher frequency because that boosts your immune system and benefits your health in all kinds of wonderful ways, many of which we have discussed here in previous episodes. Um, so I'm sure most of us have seen the posts on Instagram and Facebook talking about things like getting outside, eating healthy, getting good sleep, staying positive, control what you can control. These are not just pretty posts. This is how it works. And these are all important. Also, practicing gratitude, writing in a gratitude journal. Go back to the gratitude episode and listen to all those incredible benefits. Write, record, and listen to affirmations. Do some guided meditation. Um, my friends have started a survival squad, survival squad chat group, that's what we call it, um, where we just kind of text back and forth um, and hopefully we can do a virtual chat together. So get some friends together and lean into each other, virtually of course. 
Monitor your thoughts like we talked about just a second ago. Ask yourself, what might be possible from this rather than what's going to happen? Um, what you focus on grows. So asking better questions will get you better answers. That's a whole other episode. Repeat over and over positive mantras that speak to you. So find something that clicks with you, write it down, record your voice saying it and play it back to yourself. There's EFT, tapping. You can YouTube the tapping solution or I have linked their actual website in the show notes below. Um, Join some high vibe Facebook groups like Manifestation Babes is one of my favorite, Catherine Zankina. She is a beautiful human, a gorgeous soul. That's what she calls her peeps. And she's just on like the biggest, highest vibration level. She's so positive and so supportive. Um, and so is her community. Uh, listen to some positive podcasts. Uh, there's RTT, which is Rapid Transformational Therapy, which is an incredible tool. And I've linked below um, to Megan. Oh, I don't know if it's Megan or Megan. Sorry, Megan or Megan, if I butcher your name. (laughs) Anyway, she's someone we've only connected um, like in writing. So I've never had to say her name out loud. But she's someone who was recommended to me. And she has posted some free yoga on her Facebook page. Um, She's very calm. She's a beautiful soul who can help her website and practice is called Level Up Every Day. So I've linked it below in the show notes. Um, turn off the news. You will still be informed. I am still informed. People around me keep me informed. I don't need to know every specific detail. Um, just turn it off. Stop scrolling. Read something uplifting, silly, or joyful. Listen to some music that lights you up. Laugh. Watch a comedy get outside. We did a scavenger hunt today around the neighborhood. My daughter just made a list of things that she thought we might see and off we went. So fun. Plus she was fixated on dogs. We saw six of them. So (laughs) she was tallying those. That was fun. Uh, Do some art. Bob Ross, Art Hub for Kids. Chris Francis, who is a teacher in my board um, in Halton, and he has been doing posting some free cartooning lessons like there's all kinds of great creative stuff online that people are and organizations are posting for free Um, so many people have been sharing it sorry going back to that it's not just for kids you can do it too like get childish that's that's a great way to raise your vibration as well so many people have been sharing so many things consume that you have a choice you have a choice in what you consume you have a choice in what you think you have a choice in how you choose to feel and what you choose to do with your day and where you choose to put your attention there are so many other things that we can do besides fixating on the unknown and worrying about the unpredictable I know when this is all over and I look back, I want to be proud and at peace with how I spent my time with my family outside in positive spaces and not look back thinking like, why didn't I just whatever. And I'm not trying to trivialize trivialize or downplay the very real hardships and struggles people are experiencing right now. All I'm saying is that those are circumstances and we have control over how we choose to think about them. We don't have control over the circumstances themselves, some of them, but we can control how we think and therefore how we feel. And I hope that I have given you some insight and some useful tools to help combat those automatic negative thoughts. Check out episode three for more information on squashing those suckers. And um, thank you for listening today. 
This is the Teaching Little Brains podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nickrock. I'm going to go play some Clue Junior with my daughter. I need to know who ate the cake at what time and what they had to drink with it <laughs> to help keep my brain occupied and spend some quality time with my family. So she has beaten us the past three games. I got to shut this down. <laughs> anyway, have a wonderful day wherever you are. Stay healthy. Be smart. Stay safe. Be positive. And if you need somewhere to go for virtual support, please connect with me on my Facebook page or Instagram. Um, Both are teaching little brains or find someone that speaks to you. Take care. Bye for now.